I was praying. I've been talking to Kevin all week long about um, the message for this morning. And, you know, I was talking about a father. I, I was talking about a father who was faced with um, some unusual circumstances. And in the midst of being faced with these circumstances, he still had the resolve to be able to do what many thought was strange. And so from the first song until the second song until the last song, every song that you guys ministered, it basically told us that if we keep our eyes focused on our father, then we'll be able to do things that, that goes beyond our comprehension. So this morning, uh, those of you that have your Bible, I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter number 22. Um, it's a familiar passage of scripture. Many of you guys have read it. You've seen it. Um, but it's a passage where uh, something kind of peculiar happened. And as I was meditating on it, even this morning, um, the Lord woke me up at like 730 and I'm just praying and I'm, I'm looking over the scripture again and again. And I'm just like, God, um, you're amazing. You're amazing. I want to get to a place where my confidence and my faith is so strong that no matter what I'm having to deal with, no matter what I'm faced with, no matter what obstacles come my way, I'm able to still be able to stand in the presence of God and do the things of God. And, and watch this story. I'm not going to read it all, but I want you to hear a little bit of it. Genesis chapter number 22, it says, some years later, God decided to test Abraham. So he spoke to him and he answered, Abraham answered saying, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said, uh, get, get Isaac, your only son, the one you love dearly. Take him to the land of Moriah and I will show you a mountain where you must sacrifice him to me on fires of the altar. So many of us probably would have been like turned off right then and there. It would have been like, okay, God. I mean, we're cool, I love you, but you're talking about taking not, not just my son, but my only son and come and sacrifice him. Many of our hearts would have been turned right there. We would have said, God, there is no way in the world I would even consider what you got going on. I think at that moment, many of us probably uh, would have turned atheist because we wouldn't want to serve a God that would put us in such circumstances. But watch this. The rest of the story says in verse number three says, so Abraham got up early the next morning and he chopped wood for the fire. He put a saddle on his donkey. He set out with Isaac and two servants uh, for the place where God had told him to go. Now, Chris, I came to the conclusion that one of two things must have happened. Either he must have hated Isaac to make him want to do it so abruptly, right? It said, you know, verse 3 says, so the next morning he got up. He's like, all right, cool. Appreciate it. I've been waiting on this opportunity. So, so, so either he hated, he either hated Isaac or he loved God so much more. Or he loved God so much more. And the thing about God is this. When you love God so much more, he may test you, but he's not going to take you to a place that he's not going to show up and provide for you. I'm going to let that one sit for a minute. When you love God to the place that you're willing to do the unthinkable for him, God is such a loving God that he'll never put you on the cliff and leave you by yourself. It, it may be scary. It may look like God is nowhere to be found. But the fact of the matter is this. If God led you to the edge of that cliff, God is somewhere at the cliff. And so no matter what it is that you may deal with in your life, you have to have enough faith in God, enough belief in God, that if God is taking you through trials and tribulations, 
then there has to be an indication that he's somewhere by. So let's keep going. Verse 4 says, three days later, Abraham looked off in the distance and he saw the place and he told his servants, stay here with the donkey while my son and I go over there to worship and watch this part. And we'll come back, Gerald. Hold up. First, verse 1 said, God decided he wanted to test them. Verse 2 says he kind of started talking about what the test was. He said, I need you to sacrifice your son on the altar of fire. And then Abraham got up and he went and chopped the wood and he saddled up the donkey and he prepared the way. And he went to this place and it took him three days to get there. And he looked out over the horizon and he saw this place and he said, all right, you guys stay here. Me and my son, we're getting ready to go worship God. But we're coming back. That's an indication, Brunette, that, that, that he loved God so much and he had a relationship with God so strong that he knew that God wasn't going to leave him by himself. Because how else could you make such a bold declaration that we're going to come back after he's told you you're going to make a sacrifice? And unless you don't really understand what a sacrifice is, a, a sacrifice is when you kill something and the blood is shed for a remission of something. And so something didn't add up. But he knew enough about Abraham that he knew that even if it didn't make sense to his faith, God was still going to provide. So there may be some of us today that may be going through trials and tribulations. We may be looking at something. We may be trying to figure out life. We may be trying to uh, make sense out of this thing called faith and religion. And we may have gotten to a place where there are some question marks or some dead end roads. And we're scratching our heads saying, God, I want to serve you. I want to love you. But 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 this don't make sense to me. This is is beyond my level of comprehension. And that's where I'll tell you that that's where God lives. God lives at the end of your comprehension. I was talking to my two sons the, the other day, Channing, he's 15, and Kyle is 13, and, and we were just talking. He said, Dad, I, I don't understand how people um, don't believe God. Uh, and he said, you, you know, when you look around and you see so many things going on, and we started talking about the human body, how the circulatory system, the heart just beats every morning when you get up and your eyes open up and you're able to take light in and see what's coming out and, and you're able to breathe in and out and you don't have to tell anything to happen. It, it just happens. And then I, I, I threw him for a curveball. I said, if you think that's cool, you ought to think about a woman. That was on cue, my wife's right there. It, 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 I said, think about a woman for a minute. I say the female body has the ability to create another body on, inside of them and is able to float in a sack and, 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 and it doesn't drown and is able to be there. And then after a while is able to come into the world. And, and how in the world is that even possible? And so we started talking about how, a, Allison, stop looking at my brother. She looked over like, I've been trying to tell you that. <laughs> but, 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 but I said, think about how amazing God is. I said, this is beyond our level of comprehension. I said, Stephen Hawkins, Kyle is, 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 is the super smart kid. He was like, Stephen Hawkins is super smart. He said, but there's even some things that he couldn't figure out. And I said, that's because that's where God lives. When you reach a place that you can't find the answer to your problem, you've knocked on God's front door. Okay. 
when, when you can't find the answer, you're literally at a place where all you have to do is lift up your hand and begin to knock and God will show up. Abraham got right here at this altar and he said, guys, listen, y'all stay right here. We're going to go over there. And it's because he knew God's address. How many of you guys know his address in a time of trouble? In a time of trouble, are you confident enough to know? Yeah, he, he lives at 679 Favorwood Drive or 678 or 675 or uh, Dogwood Drive or whatever the case may be. Are you that confident? to know that if I'm in trouble right now, I know where he lives. And Amy began to tell us, I remember as a kid, Amy, my, my grandmother would always talk about it. She would say, when the Christians would make this pilgrimage, they, they would look up in the distance at the hill and they say, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help because all of my help cometh from the Lord. So never get to a place that you feel like you're on an island and you can't look up. Because when you begin to look up, you'll begin to see God show up. Okay. All right, let's get, I hadn't even finished reading the scripture yet. So, so he told him, he said, listen, uh, we're going to come back. Abraham put the wood on Isaac's shoulder. And so this is where uh, Justin, I, I said, well, maybe he doesn't like Isaac because he's making Isaac carry the wood. <laughs> so so he, he put the wood on, on, now watch this. He put the wood on Isaac's back, but watch what he carried. He carried the knife and the coals. And so I'm looking at this this morning as I'm meditating in my quiet time, and, and I'm like, okay, God, what are you saying? And so as the two of them walk, Isaac asked the question. He said, Father, I, we, we have coals and we have wood, but where's the lamb? We got part of the recipe, and I know how this goes. We're missing something. We're missing something. His response was this, my son, God will provide the lamb. And the two of them walked on, and when they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham, he built the altar, he placed the wood on it, and next he tied his son up, he uh, put the wood there, and as he took out his knife and got ready to kill his son, the Lord's angel shouted from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, I am here. Don't hurt the boy or harm him in any way. I Watch this. Now I truly know that you will obey God. All of this was a part of a test to see where his heart was. All of this was a test to see where his heart was. Now I want you to do me a favor. I want you to think back on some of the hardest obstacles the hardest trials that you've been facing over the last, we'll say, 30 days. And think about it from this Abraham perspective. Don't, don't, don't think about it from your earthly or worldly perspective. But, but, but think about everything that you're dealing with or you've had to face over the last couple whatever. Think about it from the lens or the perspective of Abraham if you knew that maybe, just maybe, just maybe, everything that kept me up late at night was really a test because God wanted to reveal my heart. What if that's what it was? 
What is what if it's, it what if it wasn't that the person just didn't like you? What if, what if it wasn't that somebody was just being unfair? What if it wasn't any of that stuff? But it was just simply God wanting to say, I want to see if your heart really is what it is. Would that change some stuff? Would, would, would that change your outlook on some stuff? Would, would that change your mind on some stuff? You know, I, I'm praying for the Gaddy family, and if I can use this for the devil, what if what if what you guys have just dealt with? What if it was God just saying, "I want to see if you're, I want to see if you're really going to trust me. I, I want to see if you get to the hardest place in your life. Are you still going to be able to hold on to me? What what if what if what you're dealing with over here, AB, when you're going through trials and tribulations and you're trying to make sense out of life? What if God's saying, "I'm not mad at you because of any choices you made. I just want to know if will you trust me in the darkest of hours." Because what will happen is when you show and you're honest and you're open to God and say, listen, God, I'm struggling, he'll still show up. He, if you come to him and, and with a broken spirit and a contrite heart and say, God, listen, I, I, I don't get it, he'll still show up. Because watch what happened. Not only did God show up for Abraham, but he also showed up for Isaac. Isaac didn't even have enough confidence or enough of understanding, enough relationship with God to go in the same storm and be bold enough to say, Father, we don't need a lamb because God's going to provide the lamb. He didn't have that level of relationship, but yet God still showed up. And not only did Abraham get the benefit from the lamb, but also Isaac. So what God is saying is, listen, guys, I, I, I just want to see where your heart is, because if I know where your heart is, then, then I can begin to do the work that's necessary. My grandmother, uh, my great grandmother, she, she passed away. But um, when she got up in age, she, her heart wasn't beating the, the way that it was supposed to. And she was having congestive heart failure. And I remember it like yesterday. I, I remember the surgery. We got up super early that morning. We went to the cardiologist and, and they put in a pacemaker. And, and for a, what a pacemaker is for you, some of you got young guys that may not know, a pacemaker is a device that they put in and it helps stimulate your heart. It, it helps give your heart the extra strength that it needs to beat the way that it needs to. And her life was extended because she was vulnerable enough, watch this, and open enough to realize, I need help. I need help. And so then God showed up and he provided for her and she lived countless years later. And the doctor even told her, said, if you, if you come back early enough and, and we start having issues with this one, we'll have enough time where we can give you another one. But she had dealt with some other tragedy, and she said, I just want to go see my father. I, I, I just want to go see my father. I, I don't want to stick around any longer because I, I, I realize that I'm just passing through this place. At some point, I, I, I got to go somewhere else anyway. So, 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 so I'm grateful for everything that I've dealt with and everything that I've seen and all the people that I love. But, but I got another father that I hadn't seen yet face to face. And, and, and I'm getting up in my age now where I, I, I want to meet him. And I just want to ask him, why did he look out for me when he didn't have to? I'm talking about a father's love this morning. And so when we get back into the story, there's a couple things I want you guys to look at. So they say, here I am, don't hurt him, here's a ram. And so let's, let's, let's look at verse 14, and then we're going to go back and we're going to break down the story a little bit for even more clarity. Verse 14 says this, Abraham named the place the Lord will provide. And even now, people say on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Let's look at this story. We talked about how 
Abraham had enough confidence, enough faith, enough boldness to know that no matter what he was facing, God was bigger than that. So if I had to give you guys some points to take home this morning, I would tell you point number one would be this. No matter what it is that you're facing or whatever it is you may have to deal with, God is bigger than that. I, I, I know it may seem to not make sense right now, but, but I'm telling you as a student of the word, as somebody who knows God, that, that, that he's bigger than whatever your mind can conjure up. Even though you may not feel like it, even though your body may not be able to comprehend it, I promise you that's just a moment of Isaac, but Abraham is still going, you're still going to receive the same blessings that Abraham gets. He said, blessed are those who see, but blessed are those who have not seen, but yet still believe. That would be the first thing I would tell you. And then I would tell you this, and this is the part that kind of challenged me because I was looking at it, Pastor Kevin, and um, it, 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 it began to make me dig a little deeper. The Bible says that he... Abraham and Isaac, they didn't just go to this place by themselves. The Bible says that um, some servants came with them. And so I was thinking about this, and I was like, okay, what, what's the significance of telling us that some servants came along for the journey? And so I'm pouring over this this week and just meditating over it this week, and I saw that it was a three-week journey, and I'm like, okay, what's the significance of the three-day the three journey and, and the servants? And I began to put this thing together, and I began to see how many times when we trust God and we believe in God, we still have moments of wavering. And if we're not careful about the people who are around us in that moment, they won't strengthen our faith, but they'll suck our faith. You see, the, the, the Bible says that the people who accompanied Abraham and Isaac, these were servants. And the thing that I know about a servant is this. If you're a servant of a master, typically whatever the master says, you're typically going to do. That's what allows you to stay in the role of a servant. So I can imagine that maybe somewhere on that journey, some conversation, some flesh may have came down and, and, and Abraham may have said, man, I don't even know where we're going. Maybe I misheard God. Maybe... Maybe we should just turn around and go back. And I can imagine that the servants probably were like, you know what, Abraham, you're absolutely right. Let's go back. But that's not recorded. What's recorded is when Abraham saw the place, he spoke to them and said, you guys stay here. I'm going over there and we're coming back. And so what that tells me is this. When you're on this thing called life's journey, and you have to deal with trials and tribulations. You are responsible, and this is a challenge to you. You are responsible for the people standing next to you. If the people standing next to you don't push you into your faith and your destiny, it's your responsibility to change your surroundings. It's nobody else's. And because if you look at it, he could have said, yo, guys, you know, they would have gave him and fed him everything he needed, but they didn't do that. Abraham was rooted and grounded in what he believed. And his belief was that God is bigger than that. God is a provider. God is all-knowing. God can do the impossible. And so they kept moving, and we see that Abraham was still able to move where he was. Let's jump to James real quick. Let's jump to James if you got your Bible. I got this from my big brother. He, usually I stay in one spot, but he have you flipping all over the place. So let's, let's see if I can do it like him. James chapter 2, verse number 21. I want you to hear what I'm about to read. James chapter number two, verse 21 is, is recorded this way. It says, in our ancestor Abraham, he pleased God by putting his son Isaac on the altar 
to sacrifice him. Now, we're talking about an Old Testament story, but a New Testament response. So what that tells me is this. You have to make sure what you believe today about God never changes tomorrow. You have to believe that if God is the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's going to be the same tomorrow. The circumstances don't change God. God changed the circumstances. And I think sometimes we get that backwards. I think sometimes we let our circumstances change what we believe about God. And it's funny, you know, Kevin was preaching last week about the, the, the elephant, and he was talking about his, his, his ability, you know, his opportunity to ride on the elephant. And he was like, I don't have a point of reference to judge this by, so I'm going to go back to this thinking that maybe this is dangerous. Instead of saying, these people have done this far longer than me. I'm in good hands. I'm in good company. What are you saying, Pastor Lee? What I'm saying is this. When you meet something that you don't have a point of reference from, maybe you've never been in that storm before. Maybe, maybe you, you've never seen that difficulty before. Have enough faith in God and people that God has placed around you that even though you may not know it, you may not understand it, have enough faith that they've done it, they've been through it, and if you trust them, they'll help get you through. That's the reason why I believe it's recorded here in the book of James because they were trying to convey a message and say, listen, if, if Abraham trusted them, then how much more will we get if we trust them? There's one other spot that I, I want to take us to because it's Father's Day uh, weekend and, and we're thinking about our Heavenly Father. We're worshiping him this morning. And uh, I, I'm reminded of the one of the scriptures we probably learned uh, as a kid, if not the first one. John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, let's look at these two dynamics as we get to a place of ministry and some other things that we got to do today. Abraham had an opportunity to take his son back home. But God left his son on the cross alone. He left him there because what was about to happen was a promise that was about to be released that was even greater than the one from Abraham. If you go back and you read the rest of Genesis chapter number 22, uh, and many of us here, we know that they said that Abraham is the father of many nations. He was going to have descendants that far outnumber the, the stars in the sky. That promise didn't come until he revealed his heart to God. So I want to challenge you with something. How many things could God possibly be holding up, ready to release, and we reveal our true hearts to him? If we, if we go through this next storm and we, we trust them in the midst of what seems to be chaos and, and confusion, but, but we trust them, how, how, how many more things will God release to us? Because Abraham didn't get that promise until after he really revealed his heart to God. And so I believe this. God said, I love you guys so much that I'm going to send my son, no matter what your sins are, no matter what your shortcomings are, I'm going to send my son to die for you. I, I, I'm not going to be selective and say, well, you can only die for this group of sins or, or, or this group of sins or the Greeks, the Jews, the Gentiles. No, no, no. no. I'm going to send my son. And the benefit of my son being sacrificed is he's going to do this for everybody. He's going to do this for everybody. Now, this is what I always challenge people with. Why is it that something that seems to be so strange 
So a virgin birth can happen, a child can come, he can be crucified, and because of that, he be buried, he be resurrected, I have eternal life. Many of us that are believers, we don't doubt that. We believe without a shadow of a doubt we are secure in our salvation. We are secure that God can do that for us. What if we took that same mindset and applied it to every aspect of our life? I'm confident in my salvation, so I'm confident in, 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 in this storm. I'm at school, and I'm doing midterms, and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. What if I was confident that God was going to show up? What, what, if, what if I'm in a place of a season of drought, and, and, and I'm confident to say, you know what? God is going to show up. If, if my salvation is secure, then all of my other beliefs in God should be just as secure. But when they're not, that's when we let our circumstances change God as opposed to God changing our circumstances. Abraham was secure. God was secure. That's why when you look at the scripture in any of the gospels and Jesus is being crucified, Jesus looks up and says, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Father, why have thou forsaken me? Why you left me on the cross? Why didn't you come down and save me the same way you saved Isaac? Think about it. Why wasn't there a ram in the bush like there was when when Isaac uh, had the opportunity to get it. The same way that God was confident, Abraham was confident, God was confident that if this happens, everybody that believes will have an opportunity at eternal life. He was confident in that. And so today I'm confident in that. That if you've ever been in a place and you felt like you've been on an island by yourself and you've tried to figure out life and you've reached the end of it, and you didn't know that you showed up at God's doorstep. Today, I um, speak like your GPS and say, you've arrived. You know, you've arrived. And the place that you've arrived to is a place that you can go enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Someone who, without a shadow of a doubt, will save you, but also without a shadow of a doubt, will provide for you. That's why Abraham called that place a place where the Lord provides. Don't go through your life alone. Don't go through your life thinking that you have to figure it all out by yourself. Don't go through your life thinking that it just ain't possible. Because the thing I know about God is this. In Luke 1 and 37, it says this, for all things are possible with God. So this morning, as we get ready to give you an opportunity to search your heart, search your mind, even those that are watching, by way of live stream, and forgive me for not ministering directly to the camera, but that's happening. That's what happens sometimes when you get people back in front of you. You, you, you get so excited. But if you're here, and, and I'm not saying that what you're about to move into is a sign that you didn't know who God was. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is maybe your faith level in God was not where it should have been because you've allowed circumstances to challenge everything else about God. We want to pray with you. 
we want to pray with you that the same bold confidence, imagine how much confidence it had to take in Abraham to know that him and his son was coming back. Even as a pastor, I'm not sure if my faith is all, all the way at that spot if I'm in the moment. But one thing that I do know is this, he's done enough for me that I'm willing to go into that moment and see. I'm willing to go into the, that, that trial and, and find out because he's never failed me to this point. So my prayer is this. If you say, Pastor D, I, I'm, I'm an Isaac. Listen, I, I thank God for the Abrahams, but, but, but this season, I'm, I'm Isaac. I'm not all the way there yet. And I want you to help pray and, and, and just touch and agree with me that my faith will grow. Because the Bible says that he gives us faith the size of a mustard seed. And if it's a mustard seed and we water it and we do what we have to do to nurture it, it'll begin to grow. And eventually, you'll have faith that'll blow your mind. You'll be able to go through a storm and people will be looking at you like, how in the world? And you'll get through it because God was with you every step of the way. So I want to pray for you. And then if you're here, even as I'm praying, if you're saying, Pastor D, I, I, I just want you to pray for me. Because my faith is kind of weary right now, and, and I've been letting what I've been uh, dealing with uh, weigh me down. If that's you, I, I we'll do it a little different because of the social distancing. I just ask you to stand up. Everybody's eyes are closed and heads bowed. So if you're here and that's you and you're like, Pastor D, man, listen, I, I'm struggling with this faith thing. I, I, I want to be I want to believe God for everything that he has for me. But 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 it's tough. And, and, and sometimes I, I just don't have it, but, but, but I desire to have that. Nobody's looking at you. I'm the only person facing you. So if you're here and you want me to touch and agree with you, for the Bible says if two or three touch and agree, whatsoever it is that they desire, it shall be so. So I want to I touch and agree with you that as you go through the next storm or maybe you're in the middle of the storm, you'll, you'll realize that God is showing up. I, I thank you, God, that I see the image of the Hebrew boys walking around in that furnace. And, and they began to say, did we not put three in that was tied up? Now I see four, and they're loose, and they're walking around, and the fourth one looks like the son of God. It's because even in the midst of your trouble, he'll show up. Even in the middle of where you are, your moment of uncertainty, your moment of doubt, he'll show up. And so if your faith is kind of weary, nobody's looking at you. It's just between me and you touching and agreeing in the physical. You don't even have to come to the altar. You just stand up from right where you are. If you're watching my way of live stream and you're saying, Pastor D, this is me, you can stand up at home. You're in the comfort of your own home. Nobody sees you unless you're worshiping with your family. But if that's you, I want you to stand up. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Mm. I want to pray for you. Even though Jesus knew the story and he knew the purpose and he knew why he was to go to the cross, the Bible says he stood in the Garden of Gethsemane and he began to pray and pray. And the Bible records these words that says, Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass me. But if not, let your will be done. 
And what that tells me is this. For a moment, he showed how human he was. So if he can show such vulnerability, let's show that same thing to God this morning because I believe that if you show it, he'll show up. I see one standing. If that's you, stand up. We Don't be ashamed. I promise you, this will be a point in your life when we can look back and we can say, man, you know, something happened that day. I, I felt a boldness because of my, my community of believers that I worship with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell the people this. If you're secure about your salvation, be secure about your God. Father, we thank you for those who said, listen, I need you. I, I, I've tried, but sometimes I, I need you to show up. Jesus, you said it the same way. You said, if there's any other way, let this cup pass. But if not, let your will, not my will be done, but let your will be done. And so, Father, I'm praying for those that are standing both in their homes, on our campus. I'm praying for them, oh God, that they began to look at their storms a little bit differently. They began to look at their storms, not as a storm that's designed to to take them out, but as a sign that God is getting ready to show out. Allow them to look at those storms, oh God, in such a way that uh, they they, they won't be worried and up in the midnight hours trying to figure it out. but, but, But if they're up late in the midnight hours, it'll be that they're up giving God thanks in advance for what you're going to do. God, allow tonight to be peaceful for that person. Tonight, God, bring comfort to that person. Remind them, God, of the victories that you've had on their behalf in the past. Remind them, oh God, that you've never left them nor have you forsaken them, but you have a promise to them that you'll be with them always, even until the end. God, remind them that same way that they believe when they gave their life to you, the way that they received that gift, that promise, to allow them, oh God, to realize that that wasn't the last gift or the last promise that you have for them, but you said that you've never seen your seed begging bread or the righteous forsaken. So God, remind them of that promise, that you're going to be right there with them. God, remind them of the promise that says that that, that they're the head and not the tail. Remind them of the promise, God, that that says you'll make them the lender and not the borrower, God. Father, remind them of the promise that you made that said that that you'll make them the head and not the tail. God, remind them of those promises that says no weapon formed against them shall prosper. God, remind them of those promises, God, that says that you'll be with them, oh God. The same way that they're reminded of their salvation promise. Now, God, if there's someone here who doesn't have the promise of salvation, we want them to stand so that we can welcome them into your body, into your family of believers. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this reminder of such bold faith and bold confidence that you're a provider. Thank you, O God for being who you are and keeping your promises you've made to us.